It's March Mania at Sports Interaction. Wow. NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, so much more. It's Bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. That was good spelling. Thank you. Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness exclusive games with insane odds you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet at Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario. Use the QR code at the bottom of the screen. Or head to sportsinteraction.com slash STPN to get started. It's 19 plus. Please play responsibly. All right. So episode six, Drive to Survive, is called Nice Guys Finish Last. And that is sort of the, uh, that's the, <clears throat> the Daniel Ricardo <laughs> nod, I think. I think, right? Like, this is where it starts. That's where you go, oh, this is going to be sad. But it starts off with Oscar Piastri and former Red Bull driver Mark Webber as well. And Mark Webber, known as a pretty tough customer, but that's Piastri's agent. They're talking about this decision that they've made. Uh, I want to ask you about Mark Webber because yeah. he is... You're obsessed with him. I'm a little obsessed, You're with, Mark obsessed with Mark Webber. I just, I'm obsessed with his attitude. He's like, his attitude like, you get exactly what you deserve. No more, no less. He's just an intense man. What For people that don't remember Mark Webber and Sebastian Vettel and how much they hated each other and won a world championship, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that was. Uh, those are some pretty intense years between between those two. I mean, I remember, I mean, obviously, like, multi-21 is probably, like, the key phrase between those two, which I believe, if I remember the track, the track correctly, it was in... Uh, I think it was a Chinese Grand Prix. Weber was leading. Vettel was given a, a, a direct order not to go past Weber, but he ended up going past him and winning the race when he shouldn't have because uh, they wanted cars to stay stationary. And at the time, they were running 1-2. And that was like a huge, uh, huge fracture in, in, in their relationship between each other. I mean, his book is outstanding if you've never read it. I've heard it's great. It is That's, great. It's next on my list. It's so good. Like, uh, he is very transparent. He's open and honest with pretty much everything. And I think like that's that's who Mark Webber is, hmm. right? Especially when he was in Formula One, he would give it to you straight. And I think at I think behind the scenes, he did a lot of massaging of the media uh, last last year simply because of his relationship with with Piastri. And so, you know, there was a lot of hey, Piastri's going to going to Williams. He's going to be taking Nicholas Latifi's spot. You know, halfway through the season, which you know wasn't tr- true. So were they I mean, talking? Uh, I don't think so. Like from mm. my understanding, there hadn't been much talking between the team and Piastri and Weber. Uh, and I remember even sitting down with Nicholas, even saying to him like, "Hey, these rumors are out there." Are they true? And he's mm-hmm. like, no, they're not true. I have a contract with the team. I'm not going anywhere. Right. So, I mean, there, there's there's all that going on behind the scenes in Formula One too, right? Just just kind of playing the game. But I understand what Weber is trying to do. I mean, Piastri is such a great talent that you do have to kind of get him into a seat. It's that, I mean, what seat do you want to put him in? Do you want this you know, star driver who you think is going to be the next, you know, Michael Schumacher, Lewis Hamilton, whoever running in a Williams in the back, or do you want them in a McLaren? Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, that's where... And that's ultimately why it happened. Because, you know, a lot of people yeah. will ask the question in retrospect, man, I mean, especially looking at the cars this year, I mean, as bad as Esteban Ocon start in Bahrain was, um, uh, Pierre Gasly sure looked good coming from 20th to 9th. The car looks good again this year. It was great last year. Um, and McLaren looks terrible. So, I mean, a big part of it has to do with everything that happened with Alonso, right? And how Fernando ended up, you know, leaving Alpine. 
you know, he he really wanted a longer term agreement with them. And I think like for for Alpine, they're kind of looking at Fernando like at the time, it's like, hey, you're 41. Like me still is 41. But like, hey, you know, you're 41. Like how many good years do you really have left in you? And should we be giving you a long term extension? Because we don't know when you're you're going to drop off. Maybe you have one year left in you, so let's do like a one and a one. Like right. You shouldn't we'll be giving any option. athlete in any sport that's in their 40s a long-term contract. I think so. I mean, if they're performing at a really high level like Fernando uh, is and was last season and the season before that coming back into F1, like he was still like he was performing at a very high mm-hmm. level. He's a very demanding driver. But he also helped, I think, steer Alpine in the right direction on certain development items and stuff like that. And so that's kind of where you're looking at it. Like, okay, we're going to leave Fernando in for a year. We'll take him out and then we'll put Piastri in. But then if you're Oscar Piastri, it's like, I got to sit on the sidelines for another yeah. year. I mean, yeah. this is my future. Yeah, why yeah. would I do that? Now, the other famous scene from this episode is Zach Brown and Otmar uh, Snaffauer sitting down and having this conversation and Otmar saying to Zach, hey, listen, under UK law, we think we got a good case and we're going to sue him. <laughs> and, and Zach saying, listen, if you sue him, I may have to get involved because there may be things. He can't say that there is because you can't divulge contract details, but th- I may have to get involved to protect him. Is this the route you want to go? Where did that? Was that just an idle threat? Were they seriously considering it? And honestly, have we ever seen anything like that in F1? I, honestly, like I don't really recall too, too much. I mean, there was the, uh, I want to try and recall the Schumacher days when he kind of came in and uh, ended up going with, with Benetton. And there was something there. I think it was with, uh, I don't want to speak out a term if I get this wrong, but I think it might have something to do with, with Eddie Jordan's team and maybe having the rights to, to Schumacher. I can't really recall the whole thing, but it kind of... Uh, a lot of journalists um, equate the two of those things similarly, where it was with Piastri's situation, the same with Michael Schumacher's when he first came into Formula One. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do, and this is what I think, I think it was has, has a lot to do with how much Alpine invested in mm-hmm. Piastri and paying for a lot of his racing and probably being like, hey, we should try and recoup some of that money because we've paid and trained you to get to this level and you are our driver and we want to put you in the car. So now you're leaving us. So we need to get something in return. Right. I have a feeling it's something to do with that, but I mean, who knows, right? They ultimately decided not to sue him. Yes. Uh, so, but was it close? Do you know? Um, Not to my like recollection. Was it really, really close to actually happening? I mean, no one really knows what happens in those meetings. That's right. why with this drive to survive season, and uh, one of the things that like really stands out is like that meeting in particular where it's it was like, mic'd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're actually mic'd. Like I've never, I've never actually you know seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, they actually allowed that because like drivers' contracts and contracts between teams and drivers it's very like sealed like not many people really know what's what's in the fine details and all that kind of stuff like even like pay like Mm -hmm. we're like there's still like unsure of how much certain drivers are getting paid they don't know the like the media us we don't really know what everybody's a lot of guesswork Mm -hmm. it is a lot of guesswork so i mean 
it's surprising to hear that conversation. That's why I think this season of Drive to Survive is so good. Yeah, and another conversation that was happening there that I was shocked that I heard it was when he tried to make the swap for Danny. He he tried to throw the do you want to take Danny Ricardo and then we get the driver. Yeah, he tried yeah. to make a one for one trade. <laughs> Which is I like, was like, <laughs> does he have the authority to make trades with the driver? Like and they didn't want they didn't want to bring Danny back after he left, you know, all those years ago. That's like one of those things with like Formula One that I'm always uh I am always wanting them to do where it's like if you you know, with with like you know, NHL trade deadline, yeah. that's like a big time. Same with like NBA trade deadline or free agency where it's like this is the time the market is open. This is the mm-hmm. time we can do stuff. And like for Formula One, I've always kind of been like, they need to do some sort of like a trade window where it's like, okay, we want yeah. uh, Dan Fallows and we'll give you Adrian Newey. Right. You know, right, right. <laughs> guys yeah. and, like behind the scenes too. Right? And Adam, you mentioned it, it. the episode begins with Mark Webber, but it didn't really because it began with Jerry Hallowell and Christian Horner. Oh, yes. And Jerry hands Christian a beer and they start talking about silly season. And they say in silly season, you're not supposed to do any work. For those two weeks, yeah, everyone is supposed to be off. Yeah. How do people actually adhere to that? I or, think so. I mean, they kind of yeah. have to. There's like rules set in place. And if like anyone's touching the cars or even like building stuff, like, mm-hmm. yeah, they get, they'll get in a lot of trouble because the way it sort of works is like your first. So after, after Hungary, you get that the next week you're working and then the two weeks following, those are supposed to be like off, no one does anything, no one's working or whatever, because I mean, the the like Formula One is go, go, go. It's 24 hours yeah. a day, it's seven days a week. Like these, you know, folks at the factory are working, building So you're telling the me they just shut it off. It's supposed to be shut <laughs> off. Literally like- I think he's telling you the theory. Like, <laughs> things are supposed to be like cranked down, whether, like, I don't know if they are or they aren't. The rumor is that Daniel Ricardo got paid $18 million of I think a 20 or $23 million salary to not race for McLaren this year. Had Otmar taken that deal, <laughs> McLaren would have been off the hook for the 18 million bucks that they paid out. Sure. And that so that would have been a double win for Zach. Wow. For sure. Would have been a big one. Yes. Didn't end up going with it. How close were Alpine? Because it was between Daniel and Pierre. There was a lot of rumor off the top. Not close. No. Nah. They, they were they were known and want him, right? No, nah, because of like how he left. Yeah. Like he I think he kind of he may have burned some bridges at the top. I mean, maybe not within the team itself, but I think like further up up up, up is, it, is it a pride like, thing well i mean they did like how pay, did he leave like, that was so bad they did pay a lot for him like when they got him to renault right and right he was kind of like yeah i'm staying here this is my home i'm happy blah 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 and then all of a sudden it's like okay my two years are up i'm off to mclaren see you later yeah. right <laughs> i don't know like how well that went over because it sounds like it didn't go over mm-hmm. like well at all because like you even saw in the documentary they're like yeah we don't we don't want him like mm-hmm. and like if you're back. Renault, they're probably a little bit of bitterness because of how his star rose once he left sure. you know he became the megastar that daniel ricardo sure. is right now sure. after he left that sure. team and it was immediate and you invested all that money in him initially mm-hmm. yeah absolutely you know? right and that's the thing it's like you know mclaren's spending i mean 18 mil to cover him off and then you're asking oscar piastri to come in you're gonna pay him you gotta pay lando as well and i'm sure lando's getting good money this uh this season and next and so i think for for danny rick it's just he kind of i think had to come to that point where it's like what do i want to do do i want to go and race at at haas he he was asking a lot like Mm -hmm. in terms of money apparently i don't know what the dollar figure was well gee what what is it i think 
not that episode, but another episode, I think. So uh, Gunther allude says to alludes yeah, to a ten so, million dollars. Yeah. So Gunther actually had texted Ricardo before the Hungarian Grand Prix, and this was kind of like bef- like before like things really hit the fan. So kind of had a, an understanding that Gunther was trying to like pull him over to wow. Haas, which would have been a great <sighs> if you had a thought. If you, if you think about it, that would have been a great get for them because. One, the marketing aspect of it. I mean, oh, Dan yeah. Ricardo is like obviously a marketing machine. And then two, you have a very experienced driver who's coming in who's won Grand Prix before mm-hmm. and you would want him in your car moving forward. But I think at the end of the day, he just wanted too much money. And I think for for Daniel and talking to him quite a bit, I mean, he did sound like he wanted a break. Like he just mm-hmm. he wanted to a break from Formula One. He wanted a break from all the travel and just to see what that is like. And then... You know, if he can recharge the batteries enough, come try and come back before. Wow, I don't, I don't think that aspect has been said enough. Yeah, I, it, the entire story with Ricardo is that nobody wanted him, so he was left without a seat. No, but it sounds like there was a lot of him being like, "I don't want to take any of the seats either if they were available." Yeah, and I don't think like if you're him, like, do you go from you know winning races in Red Bull to you know with Renault, who actually were making good strides? I mean, he, didn't he finish he was, fifth the year he left? Yeah, like, like, he was there, very good. There was there, like, the first season with Renault was a bit of a struggle, but once they started to fine tune the car more to his you know driving style like the team started to have some success when he was there in his second season. And I thought, yeah, I mean, if you're Daniel Ricardo, why wouldn't you want to stick around for a few more seasons? I don't know. It'd be good money. It's a good team. They have lots of money for backing and the team's on the right trajectory. Sure enough. Right. And no, I'm leaving. I'm going to McLaren because I think they're going to do better. But, you know, they had what? 2021 was third, pretty, pretty decent for, for McLaren. And, you know, in 2022, I mean, it was okay. It was mm-hmm. all right. And then now we're into 2023 and they're... <laughs> it's, the it's wild. 19 and 20. Wild. <laughs> um, what do you think... What do you think the... Before we wrap this one up, the relationship at McLaren after, Daniel, after the Daniel announcement with Daniel and Zach Brown, it seemed like they were able to get over it very quickly and that they were respectful. Um, I, I, how does that work? Yeah, that's the thing with racing, right? You always, you, you don't ever want to burn your bridges. You don't want to make enemies with folks in the in the paddock, um, especially not someone like you know Zach Brown. If Zach Brown's gonna come and give it to you straight, mm-hmm. you're not performing. We have to replace you. And as a driver, you have to kind of take that one and just be like, okay, you know, thanks for the opportunity, yeah. and we'll try and catch on somewhere else because you never know where you're going to work with these individuals, it's a very small community and you never know where you're gonna work with someone again at another team. And so it's always important to make sure you just keep the relationships as you know as healthy as possible. And I think on top of that, there is that conversation in Italian between Daniel and I don't know who that person is. And he says, don't try, I told you not to trust Zach Brown. Oh yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know who that individual was. I just um, thought that was wild that they threw that in there. Yeah, I don't know why. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, for the most part, Zach seems pretty transparent. Mm-hmm. I mean, we jumped on a media call with him uh, during their car launch, and he said straight up to us, like, "Hey, the car's not going to be that good starting off the season." But I think the editors and the directors and the producers they tried to paint him as a villain. You know, not not like Christian Horder and Toto Wolf yeah, level, yeah, yeah. but the step below. 
you Good know, point. with the other tier is that Zach Brown is is the one to beat. He's the villain. And Aunt Mars, this yeah. nice guy who's yeah. just ironing shirts. <laughs> Some, somebody yeah, has to yeah. be a villain in this kind of storyline. Yeah. And even yeah. with the with the we'll get to that in episode eight, I believe, with the letter to Red Bull. Yeah, that was that was kind of this is his arc. It's a villain arc yeah. for Zach Brown this season. He's a tough guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that's episode six. And remember, uh, before and after every single Grand Prix this year, Tim is going to have shows on uh, uh, nailing the apex on SDPN. So be looking out for those like Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday. And of course, you're going to do midweek shows as well. Absolutely.